y'all. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Guichet, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all, my interview today is with Haley Aliff. Haley is a wife, mama, entrepreneur, essential oil enthusiast, and birth worker. Her story of adoption and faith and the incredible ways God has shown up and shown off is pretty much guaranteed to give you full body chills. This episode isn't just for people walking through or considering adoption. Haley offers incredible, tangible ways to love the people that you love through adoption and so much more. It's real good. Hey, thanks so much for coming on today. Hey, Blake. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So we went to middle school together. Like, (laughs) did you go to kindergarten there? No, I'm from California. I was new, actually. The year that I got there was your last year. My last year. Okay, so we went to the sixth grade together. And then I left. We went our separate ways. And then Instagram reunited us. Beautiful Instagram. I love it so much. So one of my favorite things about interviewing for the podcast is having conversations with people who are living life or have lived life that that I haven't, that I don't have experience with and really giving them the opportunity to share their story, which is like 100% the case here. So I would love like just to open us up if you wanted to tell your story, your episode is titled for when you adopt and so if you want to just kind of however much or little you're comfortable telling us I'd love to hear your story yeah um thanks for letting me be here and share this um I'm always really happy to share this story it's still unfolding it's not Mm -hmm. finished but um our journey with adoption for me at least it started way before I was um married or anything like that. I went on my first mission trip to Romania and um there was a orphanage that we were visiting and working with and that wasn't I mean that didn't like seal the deal for me, but it was definitely the first experience that I had that I walked away with where I was like thinking about this concept of adoption and wow, that's really cool. I mean, how does that work and just had a lot of questions about it. Fast forward to college, I got to spend a summer and then another winter in Jamaica. I actually lived at an orphanage. And so by that point, I'm like 18, 19 years old and really, really just feeling like super called to that. Um, And then actually down the road, my sister ended up adopting from Africa. And so this theme of adoption just kept kind of popping up in my life. But when I started dating my husband, um, we met in high school and then went to college, didn't even start dating until right before college ended. But mm-hmm. I remember asking him just randomly, like, what do you think about adoption? Just curious what he was going to say. And he was honest. He was like, you know, I've never, I've never thought about it before. And I don't think I'm against it, but I think I would like to have my own biological kids first and then 
you know, consider it. And I was totally fine with that answer. I mean, we were dating, we weren't even engaged at that point. But um, that's kind of the common theme that I hear when I talk, you know, to people about adoption is, oh, yeah, it sounds great. I'm not anti it. I just would like to have biological kids first. So Mm -hmm. when we got engaged, and then we got married, that was kind of our mindset going in. We didn't talk about it a lot. But it was just one of those things that was kind of just always in the back of my head. And I remember, um, so we were married May of 2013 and I was in midwifery school, which was really stressful, really demanding physically, emotionally. And we talked about it and we were like, you know what, let's prevent, let's wait a year. Let me get through school and, you know, serving women because it's just super taxing on your body. And when I graduate, then let's, you know, stop preventing. And so a year went by, I'll never forget. It was July 14. And I remember thinking, you know, my sisters are the type of people, I have three sisters, where they legit make out with their husbands and get pregnant. (laughs) Your sisters are super fertile. They're so fertile. And they're like, we, you know, by baby number five, they're like, we don't know how it happened. We don't remember having sex. (laughs) You know, so I'm thinking, here we are. We're going to get knocked up the first try. I'm so excited, you know. A month goes by, a couple of months goes by, and I really didn't stress about it or really think about it until my little sister got pregnant. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of a, I wouldn't call it a trigger, but it was kind of an eye opening. You know, it was one of those things, newlywed, didn't mean to get pregnant, wanted to wait mm-hmm. five years, you know, had sex one time unprotected. And it just kind of started these light bulbs going off in my head, like, well, wait a second, you know, we've been doing that unprotected for a while. Like, mm-hmm. at what point should I worry or do something? So um, that started getting like the wheels turning in my head of, you know, this isn't actually as easy as I thought it was going to be. And so I, I mean, Jeremy and I are super laid back people. I want to say a good two years went by where we were very casually trying you know mm-hmm. we were not the type of people like to set the alarm and be like we're ovulating it's time go go yeah. go yeah I just kept thinking you know what this is in God's hands we're gonna let it be up to him and then around that two-year mark you know here our friends come around they're on baby number two mm-hmm. some of them baby number three and I'm like okay Lord I'm starting to get worried like is something going on with his body my body you know so we kind of start going down that little rabbit hole of really what I call a wellness journey and something that I look back on now. And I'm so thankful that I did just, I've learned so much about my body, but we could never find anything. You know, we saw all sorts of people and there was never a, oh, here's what's wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, moment. And so we had a lot of peace with that. You know, we had a lot of peace with like, let's get our bodies as healthy as can be. And then let's just continue to wait. We're young, you know, um, now looking back, you know, at like how everything's unfolded, I think there was a very specific calling of adoption on us because we never felt called for whatever reason to go the medical route. I have Mm -hmm. tons of friends who are doing that, have done that, and I'm not anti it, but there was definitely a reason why I personally didn't feel called to go that way. And so, um, you know, we we rounded, let's see, the five-year mark it was. Yeah, five-year mark um, last year in 2018, and that was the year almost actually to the – like in the month in July where we ended up with Emerson. And so it was crazy because nine months before – so nine months before we got her, there was this one moment that Jeremy and I just so vividly remember. We hadn't talked about adoption in a while. It had been years 
And he just looked at me and he's like, I feel like we are supposed to adopt. And I knew it was God because Mm -hmm. I had felt that, you know, I'd felt that for a long, long time, but I definitely was not in the like mindset of, I'm going to make him do this. I'm going to force this on him. I kept thinking, if I do that, he's going to be bitter and resent me. And I want this to be something he wants. And I want this to be his idea. And And parenting is hard enough. Yes, I don't need to <laughs> if do we're this mad about life. how we got there. <laughs> right, right. Let us not let me not force this, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking if this is God, God's gonna speak to him and I'm just gonna have to be okay with whatever timing that is. And so it was just one day, it was just another period, you know, and he was like, I think we're supposed to adopt. And I was like, Are you are you serious? Like really? And he was like, Yeah, I really feel like God is making this abundant abundantly clear, like putting people in a path that we had never met or never talked to. And they just literally come up to us and be like, Hey, have you guys considered adoption or meet our adopted kids or, um, Hey, I'm adopted. Did you know that? Or, you know, just these, these instances kept coming around. And so it was October of, um, 17 and we were just in our living room and I just, it's just so vivid. I remember emailing, you know, our adoption consultant and saying to her, we feel ready, like, but it's not just like, we feel ready. We feel ready right now. Like we have to do it right now. Like Mm -hmm. it was like this sense of urgency over us that we couldn't explain. We rushed everything like, you know, as fast as we could do, but we'd overnight things, expedite things. And it was so weirdly unexplainable. Why had we waited five years? And then (laughs) then all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. Now we have to do it and it has to be now. And now we can go back and be like, holy crap, God put this crazy, like he just totally had his hand over, over everything because it's the day that we sent that email, we can look back and it's, it might've been the night, maybe the week, I don't know that she was conceived. Wow. And like everything to the minute, you know, even down to the day that we got our paperwork, um, you know, finalized, which we had rushed we made that cut by like a 24 hour mark where we were the lucky ones to be the last ones on this email for her birth mom. Like if we had just been late by a day, we would have missed that whole opportunity. And so, you know, 2am here I am. And I'm like, this is her, this is her. Like I, I know this is the birth mom and I'm sending this in and like praying over it and speaking life over it. And it's crazy because we have friends who have adopted and they've, they've, you know, done the paperwork 10, 11, 12 times. And it's never, you know, it's not never a one-time shot. Like it's Mm -mm. pretty crazy that the first mom that we saw, I'm like, we sent our application in one time and that was the one. And she, when she chose us, we were just like, it was like this moment of everything back to when I was 16 of what God had been preparing in my heart. Like, oh my gosh, I'm about to cry talking about this, (laughs) this full circle moment of like, he, the details, like the crazy details and the waiting that truly felt forever was just so purposeful, you know? So that was a way, way longer winded answer. No. Oh my gosh. No, I loved every minute of it. <laughs> I'm loving that you thought you'd get pregnant on the first shot, yeah. but instead you got Emerson on the first shot. Oh, I never thought of that. That is so cool. I yes. have like full body chills. Like Whoa. that's so cool. <laughs> put that together that is very sweet see he's in the details he is oh yeah I like I'm teary and like I'm an eight like I don't cry (laughs) and I'm like oh it's so cool uh well and I loved that it was always on your heart it was always a part of your story you know I think there's a I 
I feel like there's a movement happening within the church right now where people are learning to not view adoption as a second choice as plan B. And I love that it really, like, it really wasn't your plan B. Like, yeah, no, you didn't get pregnant right away, but it was always on your heart. It was always kind of ingrained and enmeshed in your story. If uh, I mean, and Jeremy knows this, he listens to the podcast and he'll hear this. Like, (laughs) he knows that if it was up to me, we'd have like 17 kids that were all different colors from all different places, you know, and we just haven't the timing and our hearts haven't lined up on it. And, you know, God's in control and in those details as much as he is in you and your Jeremy's. Um, right, right. But I love how much y'all have chosen vulnerability and openness mm-hmm. in, in your story because it's not easy. And my obviously, I hope you haven't received like negative response, but I mean, the yeah. internet is like a real scary place. And so like yeah. you're opening yourself up to it. And this is such a like sacred and personal journey and experience because there's so much power in it just from following along with Emerson's story mm-hmm. um, has just been so incredible. Like, was that a natural progression for y'all to just kind of step into sharing your journey into adoption? Or did you y'all have to kind of like make a decision that that was what you were going to do? Oh, you know, I don't know if we ever really talked about it before. So yeah, it was just supernatural before before choosing adoption, we were super open about our waiting and our, mm-hmm. you know, our trusting and choosing, just choosing to to have faith that God is in control, loves us, knows best, and is good. And we we had been speaking that for years that, like, yes, we're humans, and yes, we're we're sad, and we want a baby, and we want to get pregnant. But sharing that story um, so openly was so healing, I think, in a lot of ways for us, and connected us to a lot of who are walking this in the same shoes as us. And so when we, you know, transitioned and our hearts aligned and we chose adoption, it was just natural to start talking about that, mm-hmm. you know, and we yeah. have gotten a few negative things, but it's, I think it's, those things are more from people who don't understand adoption, the intricacy of the emotions involved mm-hmm. in adoption. It is a lot of sweetness and joy and oh my goodness, hope, but it's a lot of heartbreak and a lot of pain and a lot of dealing with the origin of adoption and what's happening. And so, you know, we've had some negative feedback, not from people we know, but just random internet people who are just like, you know, know, I'm so (laughs) glad you're so happy having someone else's baby type of thing. And you're just like, no, no, no. Well, it doesn't even hurt us because we're like, you got to know these moms chose this. They wanted this and they chose this as far as Emerson's birth mom goes. She chose this in love and her and I are thankfully close friends. We talk at least once a week and I didn't know her before this process, but my God, she put so much thought into what she did and I'm happy to step into that position. Other than the few random people like that, that just, I think, are totally not educated on the whole thing. It's been a really sweet, positive, um, you know, story that we've been able to share with people. Well, and it therefore, like, turns around and impacts other people. You know, I mean, and that's kind yeah. of the, yeah. the, the give and take with choosing vulnerability, especially, like, in the internet age where, you know, Instagram is a ministry. It's... Right. Like, yeah, the vulnerability can be difficult. Yeah, there are things that, like, people are going to push back on. But 
how many people that you don't even know you're impacting them, you're impacting their story, they're seeing you and Jeremy's walk and are like, well, maybe we could adopt, you know? So, oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. But, but I love that you have very well and very gracefully also shared that adoption is hard Mm -hmm. that there are like it's hard there are difficult emotions there are difficult like logistics you know like I mean I have multiple friends who have walked through adoption and it's like exactly what you said it's beautiful and it's life-giving but god it's hard you know like even when it's on the easier side of the spectrum like you get matched with a birth mom the first time. Right. It's right. still hard. It's still hard, um, yeah. So I did want to, like, kind of ask you to share some of the ways people have loved you and your husband well through the process. Yeah. I always, like, in the show, want to meet people on both sides. So, you know, you share your story of adoption and, like, the things that have happened for, like, people who are either in it or walking into it, but then also those of us who are just trying to love others well, like, love our friends yeah, who are walking yeah. through adoption, I think that would be, like, a really tangible, like, helpful thing. Totally, totally. Well, even before we were aligned, like, our hearts were aligned, Jeremy and mine, to adopt, we always wanted to support adoption. And so I think that that is a wonderful, beautiful way to be a part of the ministry. Even if you don't feel called to be the person to adopt, you can absolutely show support and be a huge part of it um, when you love on other people who are doing that. So, um, gosh, one huge thing that I just... I mean, prayer, it sounds so simple, but um, when people would message us and just let us know the specific prayers that they were praying over us and we could feel them and we had this awesome community, we had a Facebook group um, with just our close friends and families and it was just a constant like encouragement supporting and that truly meant the world to us and carried us through those those months and into, you know, the first three months, I would say, were the trickiest um, coming home with her and everything. Um, But going into it, so we were going out of state to adopt, and we knew that we were going to potentially be there for up to three months because of some some health stuff that we, we weren't really sure what we were going into with her. Um, we had people come to our house and prep meals for us for like wow. months. It was crazy because we drove. Mm-hmm. So we prepped like, I don't even know, 50 meal dinners and all frozen in Ziploc bags and ice chests. And it was crazy. We had, uh, I did a post the other day on Instagram. I didn't do the count, but I want to say at least 15 people now have either nursed our baby or given breast milk to our baby, which was the number one like prayer request I had was like, God, you know that this baby needs all the health benefits she can get. She had a rough start in utero and she has not had like from, from three hours old, we were able to start giving her um, breast milk, which I even induced lactation. I was able to do that for a month before. So I even had some breast milk that I was able to do for the first couple of months. And so that was huge. Oh my gosh. I can't even, breast milk was like the number one gift. I don't know. I mean, not everyone gets matched with a baby, but for her, that was, that was incredible. Um, I feel like the afterwards, like coming home, just like with any mom postpartum, there's all these, you know, all these things that you're navigating. But with Emerson, we had a lot of, um, we were doing a lot of proactive things to support her body and support her gut. So we were doing, gosh, we had this whole entire detox protocol. We, Jeremy and I were talking about it the other day. It was so intense. I felt like <laughs> I blocked it out of my mind. Like yeah. it was every, some of it was every half hour, some of it every two hours, you know, waking her up, giving her tinctures, giving her 
probiotics, doing all these things. And a lot of it we were just doing, you know, just in case and to prevent. And she, I mean, she's never had a single episode or a withdrawal or a sick day. Like it has been a true miracle, but people came over and really helped us with that. Cause we were, we were exhausted. We were mm-hmm. like, we're waking up every half hour to give her this, like, please, you know? And so, you know, people would come and just let us sleep and take that turn for a little bit or do laundry or full clothes. And before you know it, you know, three months had gone by and she didn't need anything anymore. But yeah. those, that little like window, we were so helpless and people really stepped up. It was incredible. Yeah. I think that, I think that as non-adoptive parents, you can somehow forget <laughs> that the that fourth trimester yeah. is still gonna be real hard. Like just because you didn't grow this human doesn't mean that human's not gonna wake you up so every true. hour. So true. You know, no, my my mom was a midwife, and so she's super knowledgeable on that. And she would say to me, like, "I'm worried about you. You're going from sleeping nine hours." to having a newborn when people are pregnant, at least they don't, you know, they wake up and pee in the middle of the night. Like you don't have anything to go, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. prep but I did because I induced lactation. I did at, at the very end for the last two weeks, I did wake up every three hours and pump. So I finally had, I did have a little, a little bit of an that. idea, but I, I mean, did, you're yeah. still like all of a sudden, you know, outside of like the physical yeah. parts of giving birth, like everything is the same. Like you're still Waking up every couple of hours, you're still all of a sudden responsible for this human life and everything you already were responsible for before. Totally. So, I mean, that's super eye-opening for me as somebody who has walked through adoption with friends. I'm like, bring them a meal. Like, do all of the things that you would do (laughs) Do for your moms that were having, that had a baby, do those things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So tangible and should be super common sense. I'm feeling real dumb that that's like <laughs> eye opening for me right I now. I didn't think it was going to be like that either. I have to say, like, I just, you know, I'm a birth worker. So I never thought that what I was going to experience was going to be similar. But you even have the hormonal like crazes, right? Because yeah. you're like, your your things in your body are going off that you're all of a sudden a mom and you're feeling a little crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. not your fault. Don't feel guilty. I don't think I would have realized it either. Yeah. Well, and my girlfriends and I always talk about that, like the army, like the military literally uses sleep deprivation as a torture tactic. Right. <laughs> like real deal. They keep people awake for hours upon hours as a torture tactic. I'm like, Moms are yeah. badasses. Like totally. we totally. are doing that and doing like keeping an entire household running. So that alone, like walking into sleep deprivation after adopting is right. huge. I right. love it. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked a lot about kind of the like miracle things that, you know, like for you know getting Emerson on your first shot and her health being so incredible um were there any other like big things that you felt like were ways God showed up in adoption and and just in y'all's life I mean because that's another thing I was thinking about like becoming parents like that's all of a sudden like your parents like together like your marriage Mm -hmm. like navigating being married and all of a sudden having yeah new life in your house you know Oh my gosh. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like when you walk through the hard times, like, like we have in our waiting, you, you don't really appreciate it until 
now when you can look back and you can see the purpose and the details and just, yeah, every, every little piece of it down to the last little timing of it, you know, why we had to wait that many years and that many months and weeks and down to the day, down to the hour. Um, you just look back and I know for Jeremy and I is in our faith, not, not going to say like to a point where I don't ever have like doubts because of course I do. I'm a human, but for the most part, the way that I used to be when I started my period was this like, Oh God, when are you going to show up type of attitude? Like I'm waiting on you, like prove to me, show me, you know, I, now when I start my period, I'm literally thinking there's another month of some sort of purpose, some reason, like you are growing me or teaching me or molding me because I can go back and actually appreciate, you know, all of the time I'm waiting and what that did for our marriage and what that Mm -hmm. did for our health and what that did for our faith. Like I am not the person that I would have been had I not gone through this and we wouldn't have Emerson had we not gone through this. And so if anything, I mean, just proving like when you do see God in all these details, you just realize just how purposeful he is and everything. Um, One sweet little thing that we both really love and look back on from her birth was we were really, um, we were really excited about her name Emerson and we had specifically chosen it because it meant brave. And we just felt like, when we thought of her birth mom, that her birth mom was so brave, you know, Mm. to choose this option and to choose life for her. And we felt brave for saying yes to adoption because it scared us. And so we wanted this baby, you know, this brave baby who's choosing to come into this world and, and live with us like bravery, you know? So when we presented the name to her birth mom, she was just like, I don't like it. (laughs) You know, it's, she was like, it sounds like a boy. So I'm going to say no. Um, she wanted a completely different name. And so we both just were thinking like, man, we really want to honor her because I think what a lot of people end up doing is they let the birth mom name them. And then later down the road, they'll end up changing the name. But we knew we were going to keep in touch with her. And I'm mm-hmm. not about to like pretend blind her and <laughs> oh, pretend that, right. okay, we're going to go with your name. And then three years later, yeah, you're going to like get a Christmas card from me with her real name on it. So we were just really praying like, I was like, just, you know, this, this is a big deal to us. We want to be on the same page. We don't want to like be weird about it. So um, the day that she, the day that her birth mom signed over her rights, which was the 48 hour mark right before that, she said, she called us into her um, hospital room. We were in rooms next door to each other. It was super sweet. Mm. But she said she had a surprise for us. And so we went over there and she was like crying and handed us a piece of paper. And it just said, um, you know, like it, it was the birth certificate, like the preliminary one. And it said that her name was going to be Emerson. And she just said, I really feel like this is what you wanted. And I just wanted to give this to you. And we were like crying, just like, thank you. Cause we didn't want to force it on her, but we just really wanted that like peace between us. So not that that's like a huge testimony, but that's amazing. Little things like that. Yeah. Where we were just like, God is answering our prayers down to like the little things, you know, everything. So I think that sometimes we are looking for like these big neon flashing signs to be like Mm -hmm. evidence of God when so often he really does show up in the details. Yeah. And he he like weaves his beauty into like being able to name your baby what you wanted to name her without it being a struggle, without it being awkward, you know, like. Totally. Yeah. That's such a like beautiful symbol of like 
him being in it and loving yeah. y'all and loving her. I love that so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what if you were kind of like, okay, here's here's the mic, here's the platform. Like, what do you what would you want to say to people who are on the fence, like who are considering adoption, but are scared or have too many questions or like don't know anybody like there are people who like don't know anybody that's adopted. So like, what would you want to communicate to those people? The first thing I would say is if it is at all in your mind or on your heart, then that to me is just the Lord, because there are a lot of people who don't even blink an eye at it. Mm -hmm. They hear the word, it goes through one ear and out the other. So if it's at all in your heart, I would pay attention to that. It doesn't mean, you know, that you have to adopt right now or that you even have to adopt, but maybe you are called into that ministry in some form. And so for Jeremy and I, it was such baby steps, obviously, right? Five years, which I believe had everything to do with, you know, his timing and helping us to be ready at his timing. But we, so every year we make a dream board where we put up like our year goals and just our focus. And So our dream board for 2016 literally said to pray about adoption. It was like, we're so scared of this that we're just going to start praying about it. Like we're not going to file paperwork. We're not even going to like Google it. We're just going (laughs) to pray about it. And so that entire year, we saw that in our bathroom. And it's like no doubt in my mind that praying about it was the first step, you know, that opened the doors. Because then what happened the next year is what we were noticing is that, okay, God's putting people in our path, random people talking about adoption, maybe even finding this podcast and listening to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like just random encounters where this topic of adoption is brought up. Um, And then to get to the point where we got where we were like, okay, this is actually, like you said, it doesn't feel anymore like a plan B. This actually feels like what we were always meant to do. Mm -hmm. Like the whole reason that we have not gotten pregnant is because of this one thing. So the next thing we did is we did reach out to people that we knew we had adopted. And so, I mean, there are tons of people out there. You could probably just find them on Instagram, right? (laughs) Hashtag adoption journey or something like that. But, you know, reached out and just said like, hey, we're thinking about adoption. Like, what do you think about that? What's the first step? And I remember we use this app, Marco Polo. And I remember um, our friends coming back to us and being like giggly, like, oh, you're thinking about it, you know, because they knew it was over. If you're thinking about it and you're telling us about it, you're totally going to do it. And so (laughs) for us, um, you know, we hired an adoption consultant. We felt like we had no clue what we were doing. I ended up, um, you know, reading a couple of books, finding podcasts on adoption, just educating myself on what this could look like. And um, one of the best pieces of advice that we ended up getting, because what happens is when you fill out, when you get this paperwork, it's so, it's so overwhelming. You're just like, me and Jeremy said, this feels wrong. It feels like we're picking out a baby at like babies are us because it's like this checklist of do you want a boy or a girl or a four-year-old or a baby? And we just were like, oh, we can't, we don't have that in our heart. Like we didn't have a specific anything in our heart. And we reached out to a friend and we're like, what do you put here? Like, this feels so weird, you know? And they said, God is not going to let you get matched or walk away with a baby that he did not plan for you. So I believe that God is going to put the exact soul that is meant to be in your home. And you just, you just trust that. And so literally on our paperwork, we were like, 
no gender preference, no race preference, no, you know, age preference. We literally could have gotten anything, but I really think God knew what was on my husband's heart, which was a baby. He Uh wanted a baby. And I think he wanted a baby that kind of looked like him. He never really said that, but you know, if I think he's being honest, that was his desire. But I, you know, I feel like God just honored like our, what we wanted and Mm -hmm. our desire, but really truly would have been happy with anything because we had, we had gotten to that point of just total trust and surrender that if God wanted a five-year-old in our house, then that's what he wanted. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. You know? I love that. I I mean, I know I've said this word multiple times, like tangible, like I love tangibility and like, I love giving people the space to share their stories, but then also be like, but this is like how, like, this is like how you walk through this. Like, you pray about it and you're faithful to pray about it. And then you reach out to people and then yeah. you like get hooked up with an agency or like a counselor or whatever, you know, like yeah, just being somebody who like has had a heart for adoption. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I'm like taking personal notes. Like, Oh, okay. That's like, yes, <laughs> that's yes. like how you do that. We so. watched a lot of YouTube videos. We definitely cried a lot of tears. It, def- it helped to hear it from real people for sure. Real, mm-hmm. real people, normal people who, you know, not celebrities who had like adopted and anything like that, but just being able, we just, you know, anything we could get our hands on to educate. And the more that we read or the more that we watched, the more that it, you know, resonated where we we're like, yep. Yep, this is this it. Is this yeah. feels right. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. And people are like, we're going to talk at the end about like how to find and follow you. But if you don't do anything else, go look at pictures of this chunky, perfect oh, little wonder baby. So perfect. She's perfect. <laughs> and she oh. kind of looks like y'all. And that <laughs> is my favorite thing that God does with adoption. One of Jeremy's uh, cousins adopted two boys that were I want to say they were four and five at the time and they listened to this podcast so if I'm wrong (laughs) I'm gonna get a text message which is fine but they look like them they look like them I'm like only God can do that like only God can like hook people up that could be theirs I love it so much totally totally Um, yeah she's she's perfect in every way uh, and I feel like I, I mean, I can't take any credit for that whatsoever. But I think she's just straight from heaven with cheeks, her just big old oh, cheeks. Oh my gosh, she's perfect. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. What's her middle name? Her middle name is Faith, and um, That's that was the name. middle name that her. No, my my middle name's Joy, but Joy. you know they are yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. Her birth mom picked it out actually, oh, and she stop. just said, "I feel like this whole thing was done in faith and." her faith grew a lot in the process. And, um, that's another detail story. I kind of forgot that one, but a year and a half before we ever considered adoption. So this is like a long time. Um, we, I really felt like I needed to just prepare a room, just prepare the faith room a place that it was going to end up being my cry room and my prayer room, but a place that I could tangibly see this is what God is going to do and he's going to fill. And it definitely felt scary and weird. And I remember reaching out to like my closest friends and being like, how weird is this? You know, on a scale of one to 10 (laughs) and all of them were like, oh no, we're doing it. And they, Mm -hmm. some of them flew in, drove in out of state and we anointed and prayed over this room. We decorated it. And it was like that for a year and a half, a freaking baby nursery with no baby, you know, (laughs) I kept telling them, like, I don't know if this is sweet or torture. You know, I'm looking at this Uh thing like there's nothing in there. It's empty. Right. It's like (laughs) Um, a mix. It's like both. Like, this is the worst and also the best. 
it, yeah, but it, I just had to keep choosing like, nope, God's going to do this. Like that I'm showing you, I have so much faith in you that I'm making this room, you know, in my house for this. And we called it our faith room. So when oh. her birth mom told us, I really want to have her middle name be faith. We're like, well, duh, of course, Stop. of course, you know, That's of course amazing. it <laughs> oh, And like, I feel like you could tell stories like that forever. It's so great. Um, okay. I'm real excited to talk Enneagram. Oh, yes. Okay. So like the rapid fire questions that we do at the end of every episode, the first one is what's your Enneagram number, but you just got into the Enneagram. I know. I know. I want to be able to just spit out my answer and be super cool like that. But (laughs) uh, I took one test. It was a knockoff test. It told me I was a three, which I definitely can see some Uh of that. But then Uh I took like the, the one you pay for, you know, the whole $12 test and I got a two. And the three wasn't anywhere near the top. So I was like, okay, those are totally different. So what I'm doing right now is I'm listening to podcasts about it and reading as much as I can. And then I'm listening to the audio version of The Road Back to You and really trying to the, – the, the best thing and the weirdest thing about the Enneagram is I identify with so many of the types. Mm-hmm. Um, but really getting into like the nitty-gritty of you know the deadly sin or the ego and the why and trying to really – ask myself so I haven't gotten through the whole book like I'm on the two chapter right now and so I'll be able to answer this question soon but it's I'm I'm obsessed okay so I'm like the (laughs) proudest like Enneagram mama right now because that's not how most people go at the Enneagram oh okay really no I actually just a couple of episodes before we're recording did an interview with a girl all about the Enneagram and that was one of the things that we talked about a lot was that people take a test and they get the answer and they just assume that that's their type. And right. I am guilty of that. Like, I did that when I first yeah. found the Enneagram. I just took a test and it told me I was a three. And I was like, okay, I'm a three. I am the furthest thing from a three. Okay. <laughs> like, threes, like, deeply care, like, about like perception and like how people feel about them and like achievement and like eights don't give a crap. Like I right. don't care what people think about me. Right. I have plenty of other things that I struggle with worrying about, but like that is not one of them. And so I think people do the Enneagram a disservice by not doing exactly what you're doing, which is like, okay, this is right. what the test says. I'm going to take that and I'm going to do my own like legwork and my own research. The road back to you is the best way to find your type. Like yes. without a yes. doubt. Um, so I'm excited. I'm gonna we're gonna have to Yeah, like... I mean I can't even take the credit. My friends that have been into this before me because they're just, you know, they're cooler than me, they're way better <laughs> than me. They're the ones who were like, Don't listen to that test. Like if you don't identify with it fully and so I'm super thankful for that because even though I'm not even done with the book, it is already already helping me understand certain relationships in my life, friends, people recently went through like, you know, an argument deal, whatever issue with a family member and like use the Enneagram. Like, I'm not going to say like the Bible, but like the Bible of how to navigate this person. And it was so easily resolved. And I was just like, where have you been my whole life? You know, that's like when all you do is find out your type and then like, that's it. Like you miss out on that. Like you miss out on like learning about other people and every, like the Enneagram, like you have a dominant type, but everyone is all of the types. Everyone has like pieces of all of it in them. And so I love that. And we're going to, I'm like going to, 
follow up with you. We're going to have to, like, figure out. I want to find out what you are. Um, Okay, the second question is, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? So, like, rapid fire pull me out of a funk. Worship music, always. Mm -hmm. I cannot be, like, mad or rude (laughs) or pissed listening to worship music. Like, it just does something to me where it makes me stop and shut up and just – it changes my whole attitude. Yeah. Um, but you know, other things, bath, wine, tea, those things are great too. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I feel like I, as a good Christian, like my answer totally should be worship music, but mine is totally like Broadway music. Like, oh, well that's awesome. Musicals. Like I have a, a very carefully and intentionally curated YouTube playlist of all of my favorite (laughs) musical numbers. And when my kids are making me crazy or like, I've had a really hard day, I'm like, I just need four minutes to get through one number and I will be in a better mood. I will be a better mom. Okay. Okay. So I can relate to this because I have this playlist that is very much a mix between worship and reggae, which the, Hmm. I mean, they might in my head, they're the same, but you know, they could be totally different. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. And of course, you know, I've got right here with me, I've got my joy and my stress away. I will will literally sniff oils until, you know, I'm not mad at you anymore. So I'll just sit there in the corner and just puff away. (laughs) Like, it's totally fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Just, I'm fine. (laughs) Uh, And the third one is what is the last thing you watched on TV? The last thing I watched on TV was I mean, this show is so old, Parenthood, but Jeremy and I rewatch Parenthood over and over because we freaking love it. We're just obsessed with it. Yeah. I've actually never seen. Parenthood. Okay, I so I I was you. I was the outsider where everyone talked about it, and I I don't know. I must have a little foreign me because I'm like I'm not watching that because everyone else is. Mm-hmm. And then one day Jeremy was like, "Let's put this thing on," and we were just hooked. It's just it's just it kind of reminds me of my crazy family in a in some ways, but it's just very very Parenthood, you yeah, know? It's right. Like everything from dealing with crazy kids to fertility issues to. Yeah. Uh, foster adoption. I mean, it's literally parenthood. It's, yeah. It's so, well, and it. what's funny is I feel like so uh, multiple of the interviews that I've had this week, the people's answer has been this is us. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I won't watch things that are going to make me feel feelings. <laughs> don't. Well, parenthood's so funny too. That's what everybody says. Parenthood. Everybody's like, parenthood's so funny, but I'm like, see, that but is why yeah, I yeah, won't yeah. watch it. <laughs> okay, well, on a scale of one to ten, this is us is a ten. Parenthood's like a four. Oh, okay. I feel <laughs> like I go. could work with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, to close us out, can you tell everybody where to find and follow you and see really sweet pictures of Emerson? Yes, if you want to see pictures of Emerson, um, you can find me on Instagram at Haley Aliff, and I'm pretty sure Jeremy is just Jeremy Aliff. I don't know; he might be Jeremy underscore Aliff. <laughs> we um, we do have a shared account called um, Apex Living. Oh gosh, is it just Apex Living? This is so pathetic. Oh my gosh, Apex Living or Apex Living LLC. <laughs> I'll find it and link it in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's funny because there's been so many times, which I'm sure everyone feels with social media, where you're like, I hate this. There's no point. This is distracting. I get I get like that at least like once a month where I'm like, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get a message from someone like, you know, my life has changed watching the story about Emerson. And Emerson has, you know, increased my faith. And I'm like, oh, yep. 
There gotta it is. Stick it out. Yep. I got to stick it out. So yeah, you can find us that way. Um, and then our website is um, www.reachfortheapex.com. And one day when I get my act together, it'll be maybe a blog, maybe. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> well, we will link to all of that in your show notes, which you can always find at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. Haley, thank you so much for giving me full body chills for an hour. <laughs> that was so good and thanks so much fun. And thanks for <laughs> making me remember, you know, just how good God is. That was yes. really, really sweet time. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. Also, you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.